Our lesson tonight is one that I have been felt very inspired on for a number of weeks to teach on. And I want to talk to you from my heart here tonight about something that God has just really, just really blessed me with. And uh, I've entitled it, The Wedding Garment, The Promise, and The Preparation. The Wedding Garment, The Promise, and The Preparation. And uh, I'm going to go into some scriptures here and talk to you a little bit about what God has promised his people Now, before I get started, let me just say this to all of us. And that is, folks, that if you live for God and you serve the Lord, you you have the greatest promise that ever has been given to the human race. You have the greatest promise that there is. And the Lord has promised something to us, for us, to us, that is awesome. And it's beyond our ability to even think about, describe it. The Bible does not even fully describe it. But I want to just sort of give you a little bit of a picture of how much the Lord loves us and what he has got prepared for us. So I want you to go with me to Revelations 3 and 4, chapter 3, verse 4, because this is the inspiration that I received in this message and this thought that I want to leave with you here tonight. And in three and four, he's talking about the seven churches of Asia, which is at Asia is a, is a little area in Western Turkey today. It's not the Orient. It's the uh, little area that was called Asia back in those days. And the Bible uses that language. And it was these seven churches were all founded by John except Ephesus itself, which was founded by Paul. The other six were founded by John. And so when John was given the book of Revelation, the first three chapters deals, or the second, third chapter in particular, deals with these seven churches, their faults, their failures, their shortcomings, their good points, what God has given them, how God wants to bless them, and so forth. Now, in the third chapter, the first verse, he talks about a church named Sardis, This was a town that was in that western Turkey area where the church of Sardis was. And it talks about how that they had problems and difficulties and they were failing God in some ways. But look at verse 4. And this is where I'm going with this. Thou hast a few names. Let me put my my sheet up on the board here and then I can refer to it and you'll know where where I'm talking from. Let's see, I'm going to go get a little bigger here. One more shot. And then focus it. All right. <clears throat> and I'm looking here at this number one here. Revelations chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. And I want you to look at verse 4. Thou hast a few names even in Sardis which have not defiled their garments. It's interesting that the Lord speaks about the garments here that they have on. And this is what he says in the next phrase, And they shall walk with me in white. Those that have not defiled their garments, they shall walk with me in white. Now later on, when we get further on down into the lesson, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what this specifically has reference to, walking with the Lord in white. And I want to talk to you here about the wedding garment and how that the Lord designed them to be a white clothes. They shall walk with me in white for they are worthy. And uh, the Lord here describes this. This to me is a beautiful thing because the Lord says, you're going to walk with me in white. What color is are we going to have in heaven? I think you'll find that out very quickly here when we begin to look at these scriptures here. I'm going to go to the number two here. I'm going to move very quickly here. Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. This is when Jesus in his ministry went up on Mount Hermon with his disciples and was transfigured or transformed, changed. And uh, I'm going to read that verse of scripture to you. Look in uh, Mark 9 and 2. And this is found in all three of of the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And if you'll go to Mark, I'm going to use this one as as our reference here. 
9 and 2. And after six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John. That's the only three of those disciples he took with him. And leading them up into a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can white them. A fuller was someone who washed clothes or could make, make things clean again. And uh, he, he, he mentioned here that even the best that was in the world could not have made clothes any brighter and whiter and cleaner looking than what Jesus had in that raiment whenever it was shiny white and snow. And verse 4 says, And there appeared unto them Elias, Elias, which is Elijah, and Moses. And they were talking with Jesus. It goes on to say also that their clothes were like, was very light. So Jesus, with his clothes shining and white, and Moses and Elijah appearing with Jesus. As you know, Elijah never died. He was caught away in a chariot fire and everything. Moses went up on a mountain and the Bible, they don't, they say he died, but nobody really ever saw him die. He just went up on a mountain and died and the angels buried him. That's what they declared. So we leave it there with that. But whatever these two men in the past, they showed up with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, all dressed in this white apparel, shining. So I'm showing you here that when Jesus appeared in this fashion, <clears throat> when his promise over in the book of Revelation, they, they would have on white clothes. Now, I'm going to go to another verse of Scripture. Look at Revelations 4.4. 4. This is the four and twenty elders that's mentioned here. These are an elite and a group of uh, people that uh, sort of a foundation people of uh, the uh, the church and of the uh, the uh, righteous that it will be, or the holy, I should call them, the holy people of God. Look at 4.4, 4.4 four, Revelation. <clears throat> and round about the throne were four and twenty seats. This is the throne now. Round about the throne was four and twenty seats. There were, this is Revelation now. And this, is, uh, this is the vision that John was having. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Now, what I'm showing you here is that these people all, their garments were always white, white. I'm going to show you more of that here in the scriptures as we go along, but I have a reason for bringing all this out to you. Now, I'm going to go into the lesson here more and I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 22. Chapter 22, Matthew 22 and 8. And I want to talk to you about the wedding garment. This is a parable that Jesus gave. <clears throat> if you look at the scriptures that you have in your Bible, there's 22, uh, verse 8. I'm going to read the very first verse, 22, 1. It's not in your notes there, but uh, it says, Jesus answered and spake of them again by parable, saying, The kingdom of heaven, verse 2. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king which made a marriage for his son. Now, let me just give you a short version of it. If you read on down through these scriptures here, when he made a marriage for his son, a king now, a marriage for his son, and he sent out word for everybody to come. The dinner's ready, the banquet's ready, and everybody come. And verse 5 says, but they made light of it and went their ways, one to the farm, another to his merchandise, and they all had something else to do, and nobody came. Nobody came. So Jesus is giving this parable. And he goes on to say in verse 8, then said he to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. They didn't come. They weren't even worthy to come. Now, this is actually Jesus giving a parable saying that he came to bring the greatest promise in the world to Israel. But Israel would not come to the wedding. Can I put it that way? They, wouldn't, they would not come into the faith. 
they would not believe in Jesus Christ. They were not believers. So this is what he said in verse 8. Then said he unto the servants, The wedding is now ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid them. This is verse 9. Bid them to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found. Now look at this closely. Both bad and good. I heard somebody say one time, you know, Brother Barnes, there's not any good sinners left anymore. <laughs> well, God bless your heart. God saves all kinds of people. He saves good sinners, he saves bad sinners, whatever you want to call them. I'm just saying that with God, praise the Lord, if your heart is right and you're hungry for God, you have a thirst for the Lord, the Lord will not turn you away. Praise the Lord. That door is open. He wants you to come into the faith. He wants you to be saved. I don't care what your background is. You see, there are some people that's lived so bad that they think that there's no way they can be saved. I have had, have had people tell me that. They said, Brother Myers, I've, I've lived so bad. I mean, God, God has no place for me. I said, yes, he does. Yes, he does. He loves you as much as he loved anybody else. And there's people in this church that's been saved for years. If you knew where they came from, what their background was, you'd say, oh, my, my goodness, I didn't know that. Yes, sir, because God saves anybody and everybody. I don't care what your background is. Praise the Lord. Now, some of you may have been just really top-notch people. And a lot of you may not have been top-notch people. It doesn't matter with God because the blood washes it all away. And the blood is applied when you're baptized in Jesus' name and you're filled with his spirit. Let's lift our hands and thank God for it right now. Jesus, we thank you. We love you. We praise you, Lord. Thank you for your great truth of salvation that you promised to give us all in the wonderful name of Jesus. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> there was a little problem here because when the wedding party all happened and got together look at verse 11 and when the king came in to see the guests this is people now bad good all kinds of people came when he came in to see the guests he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment which was to say he was not saved and living for God like he should have been he didn't have on the wedding garment and he said, and in verse 12, and he said unto him, Friend, how comest thou in here they're not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Now, let me say one thing here. The people that he sought after and went out and said, Come to the marriage supper, they didn't come. So the Lord marked them off. He marked them off. And I can show you another scriptures where that, that was in reference to Israel losing out with God. And so he turned to the Gentiles. So to us Gentiles, he has turned to. But it doesn't mean that we Gentiles could automatically be saved. We've got to hear the gospel. We've got to believe the gospel. We've got to respond to the gospel by repenting, being baptized in his name, and being filled with his spirit. Praise the Lord. And then after that, and we're in the body of Christ, we've got to live for God. You've got to serve the Lord. You've got to live by, that's why the epistles are put in the, in the Bible here in the New Testament for us. The writings of the apostles that tell us how to live, how to walk with God, how to serve the Lord, how to get along in this life with each other and with God. Praise the Lord. How to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, strength, and how to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that's why the epistles are put there for us. And it's to teach us how to serve the Lord and walk with God. And so we can't just throw it off and say, oh, I don't need this wedding garment. No, I, I do my own thing my own way. No, 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 no. And there's some people that want to do it like their own way, but they'll lose out with God. Right. Now, let me move on here. When the king saw the man with, didn't have the wedding garment, verse 11, verse 12, he said unto him, friend, how comest thou in here? They're not having a wedding garment. And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away, cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen, or few are the chosen. That's us. 
compared to the world, we are, we are the chosen and we're few in number as far as the world is concerned. Praise the Lord. So I'm just giving you here where the Bible talks about the wedding garment. And like I say, Matthew, uh, this is in uh, Matthew and in Mark and Luke, it also talks about uh, the same parable Jesus gave, talks about the wedding garment and how they had on those wedding garments and, and so forth. And uh, the king invited them to the part. Now, let me move on a little further. I've got some interesting things here to bring out to you. I want you to go to Revelations 19. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Look at married, the, Revelations 19, 7. 19, 7. <laughs> Praise God. <clears throat> now... <clears throat> I want you to look at this, these verses very closely here. We're getting back to the wedding garment now. It says here in verse 7, 19, 7, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Now, this is not a parable, but this is a, a symbolic description of the church now in heaven. And it says, And to her, the bride, the wife, was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Praise the Lord. So it's giving us here a description. Now, you can't go home tonight and just wash something and make it try to get it real white. So I'm going to wear this. This is not what this is all about. We're talking about a spiritual clothing here that the Lord has promised he's going to give us for eternity. And that we will one day walk with him in white. And so it talks about the white, uh, white and clean, fine linen righteous of the saints. And verse 9, he saith unto me, write, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. So I'm giving you a picture here of some things that the Lord has brought out here about the church whenever we are finally up there in heaven. Now, I'm going to go back uh, just a little bit and talk to you about the first next great event to happen in this world with the church. And I want you to go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15. And let me just say this, folks. Jesus went away, and I'll refer to this in a moment. When Jesus went away, he said, I'll come again. Receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. That's a promise that Jesus left. All of the apostles believed it. Now, Jesus did miracles on earth in his earthly ministry. When he left, he left them with the power to do the miracles on this earth. You read the book of Acts. You read uh, the things that the apostles did after they were baptized with the Holy Ghost and went forth preaching the gospel. Peter and, and the others and finally Paul and all forth. Great miracles happened. Great things happened. Praise the Lord because God's hand was on them. But they were all waiting and looking for the coming of the Lord. And all of the apostles except John who wrote the book of Revelation. All of the apostles all died as a martyr. They were killed for preaching the gospel. Including Paul. They died preaching this, this word and this message. You know why they were willing to die? Because they knew this was the truth. They had no doubt in their mind that God had something great powerful and wonderful for them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Folks, don't let anything keep you from making the rapture. Amen. Don't let anything in this old world. Right. If these men would be willing to give their life and not back up an inch. You read, I, I've been reading the book of Acts here recently. Incidentally, I'm reading the Bible through. And all of you folks that are reading the Bible through this year will have a big dinner. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll, I'm going to buy everybody the dinner that's going to read the Bible all the way through. It'll probably be after the first of the year. And I won't ask for hands, but others that are not in this congregation that you know that read the Bible through, we're going to all be together. We'll go someplace and have a big dinner someplace, you know, in one of these restaurants and so forth. And, uh, and we'll, uh, and the treat's going to, going to be on me. 
when I'm reading the Bible through, I do it every year. And right now I'm reading through in the book of Acts and reading about how these men never, they never backed away from anything. They just went forward. Praise the Lord. And even whenever they were threatened and everything, they just went push right on ahead. And every one of them gave their life for the word of God and for the, the testimony which they held. And I'm just telling you that to let you understand, praise the Lord, that there is no backing away and no backing off from this thing. Stay faithful to God. Let me read this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 in verse 15 because this is the rapture that's described by the Lord. For we, for this we say unto you, this is Paul writing, by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not pre-event. That word is not, it's, it's, it's prevent there, but it's, it's actually the word pre-event. That means it shall not happen before. Shall not pre-event, upstage. It shall not pre-event them which are asleep. They are asleep are those who have already died. So and then he explains it in the next verse. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's the pre-event factor. The dead in Christ shall rise first when the Lord comes back. Then, verse 17, we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord up there. Praise the Lord. The Lord will never come to this earth at that time. He comes back and he's in the air and we rise to meet him there. Praise the Lord. And we'll be with the Lord from there on. Now that's the rapture of the church. That's the coming of the Lord. That's described in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, just about like Paul does it here. It's, it's mentioned all through the epistles where the Lord talks about, we do not yet know how we shall appear. We shall be like him for we shall see him as he is, so forth. The Bible talks about us, you know, being caught away and so forth. In a moment, the twinkling of an eye will be caught up and so forth. It has all kind of descriptions like this. Praise the Lord. And the Lord is coming back for his people. Amen. Uh, I want you to, if I can have you show on the board here, can you go to St. John 14, 2? St. John 14, this is not in your notes. It's just top, top of my head here. John 14, 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. This is the Lord saying now. The Lord was telling his disciples before he was crucified. He said, I go to prepare a place. Look at the next verse. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there ye may be also. Praise the Lord. And so Jesus is coming back for his church and he's going to come. He's going to break that eastern sky. We'll rise and meet the Lord in the air. We can talk to you all night. What a beautiful Bible study that is about the coming of the Lord and the rapture of the church and so forth. But I want to move on here. But the Lord said, I'm going to come back and praise the Lord. And if I go away, I'll come back and receive you unto myself that where I am there, you may be also. Look in, uh, look in Acts chapter 1, Acts 1.10. Look at this. This is where Jesus and his disciples were walking out in his resurrected body, walking out of, out of the out from the Temple Mount, and they went over to the, uh, the, Mount, the Mount of Olives. And while they were walking and Jesus was talking, and he said, go back in Jerusalem and tarry till you'd be a dude to Moai, he was caught up. Jesus went up. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Guess who they were? Huh? Now look at the next verse. Look at verse 11. Which also said, ye men of Galilee. These were angels, of course. Why stand ye gazing up into the heavens? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I got to tell you this. Years ago when our church was small and we were down on Palm Bay Road way down there, 
we probably had maybe 80, 100 people in church. I was down at the church one day by myself doing in, in my office doing some work. And uh, down the road, Palm Bay Road, come walking two guys in bathrobes and flip-flops. This is the truth now. These guys came, in, came up to the church and came in. The front door, you know, I had it unlocked and everything. I said, hey, I looked at them, looked them up and down. I said, hey, how are you guys doing? They said, we want you to know that we are Moses and Elijah. And I looked at them and said, well, nice to meet you. I'm doubting Thomas. That's what I said. I said, I'm doubting Thomas. They said, no, we're Moses and Elijah, and uh, we are the prophets. I said, sure, all right, I understand. I said, I'm doubting Thomas, too. I don't believe a word you're saying, everything, and everything. And uh, finally, I told them, I said, you know, you, they said, you, can you help us out financially? I said, there's no money here in the church. I don't have nothing here to give you. I'm sorry, I can't help you any, you know. So they went on down the road, walking in their flip-flops and bathrobes. I don't know where they went. I don't care. I'm just saying there's all kinds of false prophets out there. And you know why that I knew if I didn't know anything about the Bible, you know why I knew that wasn't Moses and Elijah? Because Jesus is coming from up there, not down the road in flip-flops. And Moses and Elijah is not coming that way either. They're coming from the eastern sky. You know what I'm saying? So that's why the Bible says there'd be false Christs, false prophets, false Christs. They'll say, I'm Christ, I'm Jesus. Or I'm, no, they're not. Because Jesus, when he comes, he's going to break the eastern skies. Praise the Lord. He'd be in glory and power. Well, so much for that. I'll leave that with you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But God has promised that he'll never leave us nor forsake us and that he'll always be with us and that he's going to be with us. So the Bible says here in verse Thessalonians, talks about the rapture of the church. Now, I want to have you go back to Revelations 19, if you would. I just got through reading to you here where it says that uh, the the marriage of the Lamb is coming. His wife is red and white, fine linen. This is in 7, 8, and 9. This is 19 of Revelation. Now I'm going to verse 11. Everybody with me now? Now remember, we've been caught away in heaven. The rapture has happened. We're up there with the Lord. We're up there with the Lord, and this is John now seeing this happening in this vision that he's got in the book of Revelation, the 19th chapter. Verse 11, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. Now remember, I'm in the 19th chapter of Revelation. We've gone through a lot of tribulation here already, way back from chapter 6 on down. I saw heaven open, behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Praise the Lord. This is speaking of the Lord. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Name is called the Word of God. Uh, If you don't mind going there, go to John chapter 1 and 2. St. John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Go to verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Speaking of Jesus Christ. So here in the 19th chapter is identifying Jesus again as the Word of God. Jesus Christ is the Word of God, the incarnated Word of God. That no man knew him but himself. And, and it goes on to say in the 13th verse, I'm back here in Revelation, it's now 19. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped with, in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies, look at this closely, verse 14. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. 
Well, that's the same thing it says down here in verse 8. If you back it up in verse 8, it says that the bride, his wife, shall be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And this 14th verse here is speaking and talking about the church coming back with Christ. In other words, we will rise to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And when Jesus comes back at Armageddon, we will come back with him. The book of Jude, uh, Jude just has one chapter. It's the book that precedes, uh, precedes the book of Revelation. And in the book of Jude, uh, I forgot what, what verse it is. But it speaks about it. It says he will come with, he will come with ten thousands of his saints. Praise the Lord. Okay, let me get it for you real quick, real quick, real quick. Let's see. Okay, verse 14. Jude, no, just one chapter. Jude 14, yeah. And Enoch, also the seventh from heaven, prophesied of these things, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Way back there, it was prophesied. You say, what are you trying to say, Brother Myers? I'm just saying, folks, what God has prepared for us over there is awesome. It is awesome, praise the Lord. And don't you let the enemy trick you out of, of making it to heaven. And help everybody you can to walk with God, serve the Lord, to live for God, believe in Jesus, hold fast to the faith. There's going to be some crazy things happening in the world all around us. There's going to be all kind of crazy things that will happen. It's going to happen. It's going to be in the world. It's going to be in America. It's going to be on the other side of the world. It'll be everywhere. All that. But we hold fast to the faith. Praise the Lord because Jesus is coming back for his people one day. And he has a reward for us that is so awesome and beyond what we're even able to comprehend. And the, the book of Revelation sort of describes it more symbolically than it does in the literal sense because it's, it's almost beyond being able to describe in the literal sense that our carnal minds can even grasp or understand. Praise the Lord. Let me move on here. Oh, God is so good. God is so good. Praise the Lord. Now, therefore, look at number three here. Therefore, let us. Now, I want you to go with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Because of that, you and I have got to stay faithful to the Lord. We can't mess around. We can't goof up. We can't fail God. We can't fail the promise that God has promised us. Praise the Lord. So I'm reading here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Let us draw near. In other words, get close to God. Folks, pray. Pray every chance you get. Talk to God. Praise the Lord. I, I, I can't get down on my knees anymore. It's sort of like a thing I used to be able to do. I can't do anymore. But I still pray. I still pray. I sit and sometimes just sit and pray and sit in a chair praying. And I do that because I'm just talking to the Lord. And God knows it. So whether you get on your knees or whether you want to stand up and lift your hands, whether you want to sit in a chair, or if you want to lay in bed, Lave your, raise your hands. I know many of you do this. It happens. You wake up in the middle of the night. Maybe no troubles at all, but you just lift your hands and say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for always being with us. And you go down the line. Oh, you can thank him for your wife or husband. You can thank him for your children. You can thank him for your grandchildren. You can thank him for the church. You can thank him for the people of God. You can thank him for your home. You can thank him for your car. You can thank him for your health. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Thank him that you live in America. Praise the Lord. Thank you that you had groceries on the table the last time you ate. Thank, thank him for the, that you got food in the refrigerator. Thank you got gas in the car. I mean, all kinds of goes on and on. But there's so much that we can just thank God for. Praise the Lord. So the Bible teaches us here, it says here, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled with an evil, with, 
having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That's baptism. Now look at verse 23. Let us hold fast. Now the first one said, let us draw near. And the other other one said, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Without wavering. Everybody see that? No, 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 no. No, I believe this. This is true. Well, so-and-so is uh, not living for God. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm going to live for God. Praise the Lord. I'm going to walk with the Lord. You keep walking faithfully and straight, and you will affect those that might be a little bit wavering around. You'll affect them to be positive and say, if he can live for God, I can live for God, and maybe they'll come back to the Lord or get right with God or get straightened out. Hey, folks, don't mess around with this little tinkly stuff out here. I mean, I mean... If you're smoking, throw it down. You don't need to smoke. If you got to drink your little bit of beer or wine, forget it. Forget it. You don't need that stuff. You don't need that stuff. Amen. I'm just trying to say here, just walk with God. Don't put out. Aren't you a guy one time said, the doctor said, you know what? If you'll drink a little wine, you don't even take that, take this pill. The doctor told him that. He was a good friend of mine. You don't even have to take a pill if you drink a little wine. So he started drinking a little wine every day. Next thing you know, he drinking a lot of wine. Next thing you know, he was he was going down to his little cabin that he had down the river, and he, and he was drinking wine and getting drunk. Yeah, he's getting drunk. And then the next thing you know, he, he's, he, he lost out with God. And then he had to get back to the Lord, and when he did, he was in bad help, and, and his life never was back to what it was. Just... Start to drink a little bit of wine. I'm just saying, don't even, don't go there. Oh, it don't hurt nothing to go into a bar and sit on a bar stool and talk to somebody and eat a, eat a sandwich. No, don't even do that. Amen. No appearance of evil. I'm just, right. I'm just saying, you know. Right. So, oh, well, it's all right if I want to dress, you know, carnal a little bit and put on certain clothes that I know that's not righteous or God-fearing. And No, 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 no. Don't even mess with it. But be holy and righteous before God. Praise the Lord because God wants us. He's let us hold fast. Verse 23. The profession of our faith without wavering for he is, he hath, he is faithful that promised. Verse 24. And let us consider one another. Let us consider one another. Folks, love your brothers and sisters in the Lord. God bless, your, God bless you people. You're the best people in the world. You're the best people in the world. God's people and love your brothers and sisters in the Lord. If you ever got any crossed up with somebody, get it straightened out and say, look, I don't want nothing between us. We're going we're gonna to both walk streets of gold one day. Praise the Lord. God is good. And he wants us to love our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And God has given us. So draw near, let us fear the Lord and uh, let us consider one another. Look in uh, John 13. Look at John 13 here. Let us consider one another. Look at John 13. Uh, 1334. Verse 34. A new commandment. This is Jesus talking to his disciples just before he was to be crucified. A new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another. Look at that. This is Jesus talking. A new commandment I give you that you love one another. As I have loved you that ye also love one another. Notice here how the Lord puts that out. Verse 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if you have love one to another. Praise the Lord. This is showing you how powerful Lord. Look in 1 John 4. 1 John 4, 7. 1 John 4. All right. Let me, let me get to it myself. Verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Look at verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Isn't that right? It says it. John says it there. 
He says it in the gospel that he wrote. He also says it now here in an epistle that he wrote, a letter. Look at verse 21. And this commandment have we from him, that's from Jesus, that he who loveth God love his brother also. So we're just talking about here, love your brothers. And so when that scripture says to let us, uh, let us consider one another, let us have that love for each other. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to go to D here. Our time is getting away. Look at uh, Hebrews 12.1. 12.1. Praise God. Hebrews 12.1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. This is all those who have lived for God ahead of us, folks, gone on ahead of us. Great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. The word beset is a word used like an army comes against a city and it comes and it fortifies and throws up big towers against the wall. That's called besetting the city. That's coming against it. And they put up all of this besetting thing. That's where the word beset comes from. And the sin which does so easily beset us. Is there a sin in our lives that we allow to creep in our lives all the time? Whatever it might be in your life, amen, don't let it do that. And it says here, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Praise the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 2, 24, rather, the Bible talks about us running the race, running the race. I won't have you go there or anything, but anyhow, it's, the Bible talks about, Paul talks about, let us live for God as though like we are running a race. Praise the Lord. Let me move on here. I want to lay finish up here. Lay aside every weight, and the sin which does so he beset us, and let us run the race that is set before us. And look at, and then we're going to down to number four. Now, I'm going to have you go to Revelations chapter 20 before I have you go to verse 4 here. Look at verse 20. Yeah, let me find it here. Praise God. All right. Man. Well. Yeah. We were in 19. I guess we just turned the page, don't we? <laughs> okay. All right. I'm there now. Chapter 20 and verse 11. Look at this. And I saw a great white throne. And him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, there was found no place for them. This is a white throne judgment of God, folks. And this is when God will judge everybody who has ever lived on the face of this earth. Now, stay with me on this. Stay with me on this. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The first book that was opened is the Bible. The second book is the book of life. The dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. That's the Bible. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. Notice here there's no faith involved. This is the white throne judgment. This is the end of the world. And everybody that's ever lived from the beginning of time comes before God, the white throne judgment. And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire, and this is the second death. Now, notice here that this, in verse 11, and I saw a great white throne. Now, I want you to get a picture of a great white throne. This is the judgment seat of God when God would judge everybody that's ever, and everybody who has ever lived on the face of the earth except the church. Everybody that's ever lived 
are all gathered there. They come before God to be judged. And we shall walk with him in white. And Jesus walks to that throne because he's going to be on the throne. And he says, I, he will judge the world. Because Jesus is God. You know that manifests in, 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 a, in, a, in a fashion they can see it. He walks to that throne and we shall walk with him in white. Now think about it, folks. You can allow you. I, I, I saw that presentation of the Queen of Elizabeth because she's just died here not long ago. Queen Elizabeth over in, in England. When she had it, was it the 65th year whenever she became the longest reigning uh, monarch ever in, in the history of England, maybe all the world, of uh, 65 years or whatever it was. I don't know what it was. And they had a big celebration and all of the people and the boats and ships and people on the bridges and it was packed. But that's nothing, nothing compared to what it's going to be when you and I walked with Jesus in white and sat with him on his throne. The Bible says, know ye not that as I sat with my father on the throne, so shall you sit with me on the throne. You say, Brother Byron, I can't perceive that. No, you don't have to because it's greater. God's greater. God's so great. But we'll walk with him in white. All the Hitlers and all the I, won't, I don't want to get into names here, but all of the evil men who have ever lived on the face of this earth, evil people, murderers, killers, all of them will be standing there like this to be judged by the Lord. And you and I are going to walk with the Lord in white. And we're going to walk to that throne and we're going to sit with him. And the Bible says, no, you not. And I can show you scripture for it. I don't have time now to do it. He said, no, you should not. You shall judge the world. How will I judge the world? By my testimony and your testimony. You see, there's going to be people that will say to God or to Jesus, I'll tell you the truth. I couldn't live for God because I lived in Palm Bay, Florida back in year 2022. Nobody could live for God in Palm Bay. He said, I've got people that did. Yeah, and here and you, here you are. You're a witness to them. You and you were judged. That there's oh my God, these people live for God. And I thought nobody could live for God. Somebody else said, you know, I, I worked at Harris. Nobody could live for work. Work at Harris and live for God. And the Lord will have somebody. And some of you I know work there or have worked there, and everything. All kinds of places that you may have worked. Somebody said, oh no, no, you could. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, you can. And because I've got witnesses. These are people that did. And they were successful and they walked with God and you shall judge the world in that fashion. That's the way to, you won't sit there and say, oh, you're going to go to hell. You're going to go to the new earth. You're going to go to hell. No, no, that's not the, what we'll do. We will simply be a witness against them. And you'll also defeat the enemy that way. You'll defeat the devil. You'll defeat the devil that way because the devil couldn't change you. The devil couldn't suck you into his world. He couldn't convince you to go his way. And lose your soul. No, no. And you would condemn the devil as well. Folks, I'm just telling you, God's got a great thing for us. And whenever his word says, you will walk with me in white. For some reason in my heart, I said, God, I want to walk with you in white. And I could just see us, the church, walking with Jesus through a crowd of multitude of people. I can't even begin to imagine I don't even know, I don't even know how, I, I can't imagine how it would be. But we walk with him to that white throne judgment of God, and there the Lord will judge the world, and we shall sit with him in judgment. And folks, don't lose this. And if you don't have it, get it. Amen. Praise God. You know what to do. Repent of your sins. Get baptized in Jesus' name. That's where his blood on Calvary that was shed, the price that he paid on Calvary is applied baptism in Jesus name and be filled with his spirit be filled with the presence of God the mighty presence of almighty God praise the Lord now one other thing I'm going to leave with you number four here and I want you to look with me on this very closely Revelations 21 Revelations 21 21 2 21 2 I'm going to read these few verses here. I've got just five minutes four minutes
And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. And that's us in that holy city. Look at verse 9. There came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven plagues, talked to me, saying, Come hither, and I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. Verse 10. The lamb, of course, is referring to Jesus Christ, who was the supreme sacrifice on Calvary that we might be saved. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Now, many years ago, I was discouraged. And I started reading this 20th first chapter. And folks, when I started reading here about heaven, and then it says, having the glory of God, verse 11, having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone, most precious like Jasper. And it goes on, and it goes on all the way down through this 21st chapter, describing the new Jerusalem and how beautiful it was. I mean, streets of gold. It, it, it was, it, does it really have streets of gold? If it's not gold, it's something that's beyond gold, that 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 there's no words to describe it. You know, if, if is is heaven as beautiful as it says here? If it's not, it's got something it's much better. Because it's the best that our minds can can grasp that God has prepared for us. So I sit here tonight and I say to you and I, let's not fail God. Let's don't lose what we have. God has the greatest thing in the world for us. Some of us have loved ones who have gone on to be with the Lord. Some of us have friends who have gone on to be with the Lord. And I want you to know, praise the Lord, they're with the Lord. And one day, praise the Lord, we'll all be with him. And whatever God has, it'll be the greatest thing that has ever, ever, ever come this way in this old world that's been presented to mankind that he might have. And you and I have access to it, praise God. We are those we are those Gentiles that had no right to nothing, no right to anything, no right to all these promises of God. But the Lord opened the door, opened the gate, praise the Lord, and he has made it available unto us. And we have this wonderful salvation, folks. And whatever you do, walk with God with all of your heart and don't fail the Lord. And let's stand together and praise him for it. Let's just thank him. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for your word. Thank you for truth. Thank you, Lord, for Calvary. Thank you for the blood that was shed. Thank you, Lord, that your body was broken for us, for us. And, Lord, we don't ever want to forget it. Thank you for your people, Lord, who love you and walk with you, Lord. Give us strength to fight the fight. Give us strength, Lord, to fight the battle that's set before us. God, bless your people in everything and every way. Oh, God, we thank you, Jesus, for your loving kindness to us, Lord. And those that may not be able to be here tonight, God, we ask you to bless them that they might be able to come at a later time. In Jesus' name, we love and praise you. We pray. Amen. God bless you in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Greet each other in the name of Jesus.